Hey, welcome to The Weekly. This is a Calvary Bible podcast where we connect what happened over the weekend to your real life lived Monday through Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, with my good friend, Jay Ewing. Jay, it is raining outside. It is after Mother's Day. How you doing? And it snowed overnight. <laughs> it snowed overnight. I know. I love Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. It's like four seasons in four days. Seriously. And tomorrow we get all the flowers back out and hang them again. Yeah. Did you have to bring some stuff in? Oh, yeah. They're like My entryway is lined with flowers and pots that we bought for Mother's Day that we did not plant. Yeah. I, yeah. Have, I can't tell you how many years it took for me to learn the lesson, don't plant until after Mother's Day. I've yeah. ruined hundreds of dollars worth of plants you know i have a story about that one year i planted after mother's day and then the next weekend a hell storm oh rolled gosh. through and i had to replant everything like, oh gosh that yeah. was a bad year for the crop so my crop is devastated <laughs> to, to my wife Kristen. she was like jake you're not a farmer yeah i said i planted back there i got a crop that's that's when you're like you know we've been shopping at the flower bin <laughs> it's time to head over to the walmart totally no doubt <laughs> Is there any difference? I, you know, every year I go back and forth. One year I go to Home Depot. One year I go to Walmart. Some years I go to the flower bin. Is there any difference? I think so. I, I don't know. I think the things that I have purchased from the flower bin for Kristen, or yeah. the things that she's picked up, they do well. Although, I'm, I don't know. There was one year that we had this hanging basket from Walmart yeah. that just made it through the year. Yeah. It's just like... Is that a fake plant? Like, <laughs> totally. It's just great. Totally, totally. Yeah, and it's raining today. We got a lot of moisture in Colorado. It's amazing. Everything's going to be super green in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Just imagine how pop it will be. Oh, gosh. If you are listening to this podcast and you do not live in Colorado, my recommendation is to buy a flight to Colorado in the next week and a half. Yeah, two weeks. In it two is, weeks. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be amazing. Just Warm drive into Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. It's going to be at its peak. Oh, yeah. The snow, like the, the, the large mountains behind the front yeah. range are all like still snow capped. Totally. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Breckenridge got two feet of snow last week. Are you going to ski again? I, you know what? I think all of them are closed up except a basin. Oh, okay. Review. But yeah. I was just like, wow. Only in Colorado we can ski all the way through. Actually, Father's Day. Some ski through Father's Day. That's amazing. That's amazing. All, All right. right. Theme song is over. So let's <laughs> theme get Theme song is over. Here's my question for you, Jay. Oh, well, Actually, you're going to know the answer to this because you're in the booth with me. But for one of the thousands, I don't know, millions of listeners that listen to this yes. podcast, here's Including the question. Including John's mom. John Boyle's mom? Yes. Hello. This is for <laughs> you. John Boyle's mom. What is this sound? The sound... Of refreshment. <laughs> it's not refreshment. I am holding something that you brought for me. You know what, Thomas? You know, I took a cue from John because he's a wise man. He brought you actually almond butter one time mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah. So if you're a longtime listener, you know what episode I'm referencing. But like three weeks ago. Yeah, so <laughs> Come on. I was setting it up. I was setting it up, man. You right. spoiled my setup. All right. Longtime listeners. First time callers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, he brought you almond butter today. I mean, I walk in. Often at Calvary, you go, Jay, where's mine? I'm like, dang, John. Do I say it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Anyways, Thomas, it's okay. I I only ask, where's the coffee? Where's the coffee? Because I'm I'm hopeful. You're hopeful in our friendship. All right, so what what did you bring today, though? Because this is, like, amazing. You know, the Lord provided something really unique for us. Uh, February 
the February before COVID. One night, randomly, I was looking online at espresso machines. Mm -hmm. And it was late. I don't know how this got passed in the budget, okay? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And I was like, hey, Kristen, I think we could save some money if we finally started making coffee at home. Because I'm a notorious coffee drinker. Okay. You're a really hot dog guy. I'm a coffee drinker. Hey, man, could you enjoy a cup of Maxwell House? Uh, hanging out with you on a mountain porch, yes, my friend, I could. Okay, okay. Just or get- skiing, yes, I could definitely right. do Maxwell. Um, but anyways, the Lord provided, we <laughs> spent some money on an espresso machine. <laughs> the Lord and, provided because you took money out of your bank account. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it was the lifesaver in COVID because, you know, often enough, I drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that about me. So today, I made you from an espresso machine a almond well, a honey almond ice latte. Yeah. And this is my summertime drink. So after May 1st, I stopped drinking hot milk type coffee drinks, hot lattes. Oh. So it's like ice from here on out until about, well, September. You know, when I look out this window here, Jay, and I see it, it's <laughs> 37 degrees. The bomb is, yes, iced coffee is what you're thinking, right? <laughs> It's good, though. Yeah, it is it's really good. good. All right, and, so wait, wait. So you, uh, let's be honest. My wife is a better barista than I am. This is true. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we've talked about this She's before. like a gold apron. Black apron. Black apron. Yes, from the old Starbucks method of producing <sighs> fantastic Man. baristas. That's great. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, before we go any further, we've got to talk about what's happening at Calvary this week. Let me jump into that. Go to calvarybible.com slash events. There's a lot of great things happening at Calvary. So many great things that Thomas is actually texting someone while I talk about this. Hey, we got Kids Week coming up. Uh, you want to sign up for Kids Week, learn more, register, Bolt. It's total 80s. It's a great Kids Week theme this year. Talk a lot about Jesus. Make Jesus really famous among our neighbors, our, our neighborhoods, our friends. It's going to be great. Go to calvarybible.com, sign up for there. We got Maranatha, middle school camp. And then also what has just hit the books been published it's fresh off the press high school summer trip called the getaway happening july 23rd to the through the 26th go to calvarybible.com sign up your high schooler for the getaway also we have women's bible studies happening we have worship team auditions we have calvary wilderness there's plenty of space on the men's trip and the women's trip those are backcountry two-day three-day trips you're fully equipped to walk in the backcountry with an experienced guide, encounter Jesus, build a community. The wilderness ministry is awesome. I can't say enough about it. But go to calvarybible.com slash events to register and find out what is happening at Calvary. All right, Thomas, I'm done with my announcements. You're done with your text. Where are we? What are we doing today? All right, so we are dialoguing about afflictions. So... As, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, so that's, that's what I heard on Sunday. I was like, thank you for the Mother's Day message on suffering. Like, oh, you're welcome. Sometimes being a mother just feels like you're in a season of affliction. It does. I, I mean, I can't experience myself, but I understand that it could. Yeah. So, but we're just, you know, marching through our text as we do here at Calvary. And we are in First Thessalonians chapter 3, which is just describing how Paul was motivated to actually send Timothy to where this letter comes from. And so... Wait, 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 wait. Who's Timothy? Yes. 
Let's, let's, let's pause right there. Okay, let's pause there. I know you got some good information on Timothy. No. Let's, let's remind ourselves that this book, you, know, you can almost ask, like, which book did Silas and Timothy write in the New Testament? Yes. And hey, I'm not really sure if they wrote this with Paul or if they were just part of the cohort, but Paul is addressing them as though the three of them are greeting them and right. writing down some thoughts. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy, kind of this missionary cohort of sorts, had visited, established the church, and then Timothy was sent back out as a missionary partner to go check up on the church. Yeah, but we, like you said, Sunday, Timothy was really, really young at this point. Yeah, you know, if you were online or in person, one of the things we talked about was, you know, Paul writes another letter later in his ministry to Timothy. First and second Timothy. Yes. Yes. And in that letter, he tells them, or tells him, don't let the church that you're overseeing look down on you or, you know, be discouraged because of your youthfulness. And that's that letter's written 15 years after Thessalonians, somewhere in there. Yeah. So you're not really sure how young Timothy is when he writes, don't let people look down on you because of your youthfulness. It's kind of projected, maybe 30s or 40s is still considered a young man. Right. But if you subtract 15 years from that, you could potentially have a teenager at this time. Going in their 20s. Traveling alone to check out a church. Yeah. Okay, let's just pause that for a second. Like, Let's just pretend he's 15, which I think would be on the very, very young side of this. Yeah, and I would say 17 is probably the old side of this. Okay. So. What did your mother let you do? (laughs) (laughs) After 9 p.m. when you were in your teenage years. Totally, right? Like nothing. Right. Nothing. So it's just, I just think, gosh, how amazing is that, that this young man, that Paul sees something in him, that he has the courage, that he has the ability to go check a, check up on a church that's just miles and miles away from Athens mm-hmm. to go see if they're doing well. And then Paul sends him out in his youthfulness to do real ministry work. I think this is one of the things I was so impressed with, mm-hmm. was it wasn't just, we t- like not just intern work, like make mm-hmm. copies or make coffee. Yeah, totally. Or make sure the camp is locked down at night or make sure that everyone's out of their bunk. At yeah. summer camp. Go make sure all the lights are off. Yeah, totally. No, he says, okay, you're going to go, and we're sending Timothy to you to do real ministry work. You're going to establish them and exhort them. So you mean you're going to make their faith steadfast, and then you're going to encourage them and comfort them in a way, build up their faith. And I just think, that, that's, that's the picture that I want of our young people at Calvary mm-hmm. to have, to say, you know what, my church and its leadership when the elders think of us and our youthfulness, they get really excited for the ministry work that we can do. That's right. You know, the first month I was here at Calvary and I met the youth ministry staff and they told me that high school students lead the middle school ministry, like do the bulk of the discipleship. They open God's word with them. They explain it. They pray with them. They do life with these middle schoolers. I was super impressed. And that's a long-term decision that Calvary's made years ago about how important it is to give real ministry work to high school students, to middle schoolers, um, because the kingdom is really being built in them in a safe context. You know, because just like parenting, the more responsibility I give to my kids while they're under my protection, the more I can handle their big mistakes. And the more often we can do that in a healthy, vibrant community of honesty, of transparency, of encouragement, 
the more they can flourish when they're outside of our umbrella of safety. Yeah, I think the banner we often talk about here at Calvary, I know Jane and I talk about this often, is that we want to live in a disciple-making community. Oh, yeah. You know, and we see that with Paul and Timothy here is there's intentional discipleship happening. Like you, don't, you don't just get to unleash youthful people without any training or insights or coaching to go do ministry. Like our right. high school students are intentionally built into mm-hmm. before they're able to jump into the middle school leadership positions. Yeah. But how cool is it that Paul has prepped him for this? Is he perfectly equipped? Does he know everything? No way. Yeah. Is it probably too soon? Maybe, but that's the exciting part. Yeah. And he's going to come back with a report. And I think that's where like you're talking about within your family or here at the church, we want to make disciples that then go make disciples. Right. We make disciples. And eventually those disciples are empowered leaders to go make more disciples. Right. Because, because of Paul's investment in Timothy at such a young age, when we catch up with them in first and second Timothy, Timothy has a lot of responsibility in a crazy situation in Ephesus and taking on probably one of the central churches throughout the region and navigating the cultural context in which he finds himself in. And it's just sort of amazing that you're like, that doesn't happen by happenstance. That was Paul's intentionality with Timothy, the Lord working through Paul to make a disciple who's going to make disciples, who eventually is going to oversee, be a leader of a really important, influential church someday down the road. And it, well, the other thing that's interesting is that Paul, even though he's kind of in charge of Timothy at this point, he's not the one that initiated faith in Timothy. Yeah, that's very true. And that's a really interesting story as well. You know, we're blessed with Timothy because we have so much extracurricular material on him because we have Acts, we have First, Second Thessalonians, we have First, Second Timothy. We have these epistles that we see this name come up over and over again. So we have these materials that we can actually unpack. Un- well, let me say, discover who Timothy is. So how do you know that? Well, we get to see that Timothy's faith was actually started by his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. This is mentioned in 2 Timothy 1.5, where Paul's talking about Timothy. Hey, listen, you have sincere faith that lived in your grandmother, that was in your mother, that was in you, and now you're going to continue to build on that. And even, you know, Paul himself is coming alongside of something that has already begun in him through a disciple-making family. Yeah. And if I were to give a real, like, if I was going to give a Mother's Day message, Mm-hmm. And say, hey, we're just going to really target what does it look like for the, the faithful mothers in the room. This would be a great place to go, wouldn't it? To talk about generational faith from grandmothers to mothers to the son that has transformed the landscape of the church right. because of their prayers and their faithfulness and the way that they modeled this for Timothy. Yeah, totally. It, it just reminds me of my own story. Like, I was prayed into the kingdom by my grandmother. I guarantee it. Like, Jesus, she was so relentless with Jesus over my lifetime that he finally saved me. You know what I mean? That's just what mothers and grandmothers do. They bring about faith in their kids. Yeah, there's a gentleman that comes to Calvary. He actually attends the Thornton campus now. His name's James. And one time James showed me his mother's Bible. He said, hey, just take a look at this. Maybe you'd be interested in some of the notes that she has in it. And so I opened it up and actually had it for some time and just looked through her Bible. And she must have read that 30 times. I don't know. I mean, just like looking at dates of notes from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. Like there wasn't a single passage that was untouched. Every, you know, that that it was paper thin as far as like, you know, her turning the pages 
faithfully. And so I was talking to James about it and he said, you know, there are so many notes in here of your mother, of like dating, of God's faithfulness, of what God was calling her to, challenging her to, prayers about her family. This is such a cool example of your mother's faith. Yeah. And he was just mentioning how she would just often be found reading the Bible. Like she'd be up early and they had a small house, I believe he was telling me, and uh, there would just be like the light under the door, maybe in the closet or even in the bathroom on. And there would just be his mom reading the scriptures, knowing the scriptures, being shaped by it. And then leading out of that and just instilling that faith in him. It's like, gosh, now that is a grandmother. That is a mother. I, yeah. That's that's just fantastic. That is fantastic. And mothers have such an influential role in faith with our kids that we we love moms here at Calvary. We want to equip them. We want to support them. That's why women's ministry is so strong. It's because they need to be poured into. They need to be discipled. They need to be encouraged and equipped because their disciple-making is some of the most essential for faith uh, as we reproduce our faith in others. All right, so that was one thing I was struck by just in this text of here's Paul releasing Timothy. And I just think, you know, okay, so he's, he's releasing Timothy when he could no longer bear it. So he was just waiting to know, how is this church doing? And, th- you know, there's no communication back and forth, no quick text, no email. And so he has to send Timothy to get a report. And just think of the way he's described himself as a nursing mother, as an exhorting father. You think about those characteristics of caring for this community mm-hmm. and the restlessness of, you know, the curfew was at 10 o'clock. There's no child back yet. It's, it's 10, 15, 11 o'clock. Are they doing okay? And just your concern and worry for your children, I think only amplified what Paul is thinking for these people in the midst of their hardship and affliction. And then he releases Timothy to go check on them. And just think, okay, who... Who in our sphere have we not seen around the church in a year? Yeah, that's a good question. That maybe like they should be top of mind. Like, could we call them? Could we send them a text? Check in on them. Is there someone that we could invite over for dinner or just see if they wanted to even touch base over, you know, Zoom or something like that if they're not ready to be in person to make sure like they're doing well? Like this last year has been filled with hardship. And could we have the same heart that Paul has for this church? for fellow Christians, brothers and sisters, to check in on them and say, how's your faith doing? Um, could I establish you? Could I exhort you? Could I encourage you and comfort you? Could I share my faith with you? What I've seen God do in this last year to help build up your faith? So one of the questions I would ask people is, how could you be a Timothy to people? Yeah. Like, with that heart of Paul, how could you be the one who's sent into someone's life right now to check in on somebody who was a part of your life group that you haven't seen around for a while, yeah. who was a part of your home group that you haven't seen in a little while? And just check in on them and see how they're doing. Yeah, someone you may have prayed for or with for a few seasons, and now you haven't, you've forgotten to, or you don't know where they're at. Yeah, totally. It's out of the text, man. It's this is why I love these texts is because these are real people, real stories. You know, lives are lived through these pages, and it's a beautiful thing. So that's one thing. It's like, who could you go be a Timothy to to check in on? And then you have your own stories of God's faithfulness in your life. And so, you know, this, this section was broken into two parts where Paul sends Timothy to the church to encourage them and comfort them. And then the church sends him back to Timothy with a report of their faith that encourages and comforts Paul. And I just think, okay, are there things that you've seen God do in your home group and life group? I've heard those stories. It's great to get an email. But have you shared them with others? Have right. you shared them with family members or friends just saying, hey, I want to encourage you what God has done. And so almost as a Timothy coming back to Paul, could you be someone 
that shares the faithfulness of God, sharing those good reports of faith, what your church has been up to as we've cared for the community, schools, local issues, doing stuff with health, provisions, and you say, hey, God is alive and well, and God is on the move, and this is how we've seen him. And be a Timothy back to Paul and build into somebody's faith. Yeah, that's a really great, really great question. So what about, let's take this to your life, okay? So for those who are listening, Thomas is stepping into sabbatical season this summer, starting after Monday, this next Monday. So let me ask you this question based upon those reflections. What have you been encouraged by within the local church this last year, just as on a pastoral level, your real life lived faith, the things you've seen God do at Calvary? What are some of the things you're taking into sabbatical that you've seen God do? There's a lot. I mean, I've seen God bring people that I never thought would come to faith to faith Mm -hmm. and in ways to faith I never thought were possible. Um, using Calvary Online, using neighbors, using family members, stories of people just walking into a home group that had a Calvary at home sign in their front lawn. It's like, right. hey, I see that there might be a church meeting here. Can I join you? Um, baptisms that have happened. It's just There's so many levels of encouragement. I think the overarching piece is seeing God do what I didn't think was possible in the midst of hardship with different personalities. And you could sum that up with like this unity piece. I'm just, more and more as I think about it, I just think, Unity is so hard. It's just hard. It's hard to stay unified with one other person. Anyone who's right. married, it's like, man, we got to get on the same page. Stay on the same page. Yeah. How do we get off the same page? It's hard to stay unified with even just one person. Um, if you work on a team or you play on a team or you're part of a, an organization or a, you know, a group of people, you know how hard it is to stay united. And usually what unites us is our same personalities or our outlook or our preferences so yep. commonalities. And I think it truly is a work of God to bring people together in his, bo- in his son's body. It's like, okay, you're the bride of Christ. And you have so many different backgrounds. You're so diverse. And you have so many different preferences. You have different comfor- comfortabilities. You, you look at the world differently. You have different political bends, things that like energize you. How do you stay together? Right. And watching how God has allowed Calvary to stay together is just an act of God. And to watch how people have humbly loved each other and served each other, even when it wasn't their preferred method, I just think, oh, man, that, that is the Lord's grace that I'm seeing um, displayed in that group. Yeah. Is that someone says to, my, to me, Thomas, I don't agree with this decision, but I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that just takes the work of God. And to see as people have regathered and saying, we've been with you this whole time online, or we just you know, we look at the list of who's been in home groups or how they've gathered, to say that that is God's hand on Calvary. Yeah. Unmistakable. That's great. that's great. So as you step off into the summer and sabbatical, you're stepping off in health, which is a great thing. I'm super thankful for that. Um, what are you expecting when you pick back up to Calvary? Lord willing, we never know these days. Lord willing, in August, when you get back into town, what are you expecting the Lord to have done while you've been away uh, on your sabbatical? Yeah, I think continue to build into the the community of believers. Um, I love our eldership, the leadership of this church that provides gifts like this Mm -hmm. um, to teaching pastors because a high value at Calvary is not to burn people out, but to have them minister from a place of health. Right, And so as part of the regular rhythm to provide spaces for rest and respite, development, um, 
on a sabbatical. It's just so encouraging that someone's thinking about my health yeah. for me. So it's just so amazing. And then to think about, okay, I just occupy one seat on the team. Right. I'm not the seat. I'm just a seat on the team. This team is amazing. We're filled with those who are full-time staff, part-time staff, volunteers that minister to the body, that we believe that every member is a minister. But as I step out of my seat, there's just opportunities for people to grow in their own leadership, that there will be requests that normally they don't get that they'll have because of just my absence. And right. it's an opportunity that I think I see here in Timothy is, okay, I'm not going with you, Timothy. You're going to have to kind of flex some of this muscle that you've seen me flex. And you're going to have to share some of the things that you've seen me share. And I think this is an opportunity for Calvary as well to say, okay, we've seen Thomas do some of these things. Now it's an opportunity for us because this church is not about him in any way. This church is about Jesus Christ. So how can we step up and to do some of the things we've seen him do? It's just an opportunity for growth spiritually. So really it's the community aspect, I think growing in love for one another, continuing that disciple-making community, make disciples, and then empower new leaders. Like there's just new opportunities for leadership yeah. in the next few months. How crazy is it going to be that people who call Calvary home at the end of summer will never have known you yet because they will be stepping in a season your way and they'll be like, who's this guy? Yeah. I don't know if I love this place because I didn't know this guy existed here. Isn't that a fun thought? Yeah. That people will come to Calvary for the first time in the next three months and it won't be about a teacher. Yeah. They'll be like, who's that guy? Yeah. I didn't know he existed. How cool is that? It's great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And you know, like we know if you've been around Calvary long enough, you know that the ministry that God is doing is not dependent upon anyone on staff, not dependent on you, the Calvary member, the tender, the listener, but it's dependent upon the Lord, what the Lord wants to do. This is his church. I, and I see that in this weekend's text, right? Yeah. So Paul sends Timothy, he doesn't have to go himself. And at the end he says, well, we're praying that the Lord would allow us to come see you. It's face to face. But he knows if the Lord doesn't allow it, that's okay. It's not Paul's church. It's yeah. not Paul's campus. It's not his organization. It is the Lord's. And I just love that same heartbeat here at Calvary. And I think that just a challenge for everyone out there to say, okay, what ministry are you involved in? Mm. That it's, you you yeah. aren't the owner of it. Right. You're the steward of it. I mean, you have this ownership mentality, but it's not like possessive. Mm. It's okay to release it to the Lord. That's totally true. Wonderful, man. Well, we're going to miss you this summer. I'm going to miss you personally just getting to hang out with you week to week, doing the weekly, doing ministry, doing life with each other. I hope that you have a great summer, my friend. I hope you feel rested, blessed, loved, cared for. Hope you're safe. And I can't wait to hear what the Lord did through you and your family as you step away for this season. How we're expecting the Lord to meet us in some really kind ways and reveal himself. That's so. great. Okay. Hey, Calvary, if you're tuning in and you know that Thomas is away this summer, one of the biggest requests we have that Thomas has for you is to be praying for him, praying for Kristen and him, his family. May he be rejuvenated, rejuvenated. May he feel blessed. May he meet with the Lord. Those are all the great things to be praying for at Calvary. Also, we have a great summer ahead of us here at Calvary. We, The Lord's still on the move. Got plenty of opportunities for you to jump in. Go to calvarybible.com. Learn all the ways you can get connected here at Calvary. Let me end you with this today from our text this last week, 1 Thessalonians 3 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Calvary, this is our prayer for you. 
that you would be established, your hearts would be blameless and holiness before God our Father, and that our hearts would be tuned to the coming of the Lord, which we can't wait. How cool is it if the Lord came back before you came off sabbatical? There is nothing that's happening this afternoon that the Lord's return cannot interrupt. That is right, my friends. Hey, Calvary, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Look forward to being on the weekly next week. We have a new host jumping in with me, Zach Thompson, Thornton Campus Pastor. Can't wait for you to get to meet him, to hear him all through the summer with me. And guess what? Thomas, we're out. Enjoy your coffee. Colorado's about to be beautiful again. Amen.